Through Christ our Savior we pray with thanksgiving unto thee. Amen. Well, we are continuing our study from the last time and the name of our study is Ten Bible Teachings Evangelicals Got Wrong. Ten Bible Teachings Evangelicals Got Wrong. Now we have shown that false doctrine will cause a person to be lost. And over the years there have been an apostasy from the truth by, by, by these religions they have fallen away from, poor, from pure Bible doctrine that they, are now, they now have poor teachings in place of original Bible doctrines well ten of these false doctrines or these teachings that they have gotten wrong we have outlined and let me quote them for you again sinful flesh is sin so Jesus had sinless flesh that's what they teach Evangelicals teach that the death of Christ was in the actual place of our death. Evangelicals teach that faith is believing or trusting. Evangelicals also teach that justification is outside of man without moral change. The evangelicals also teach that the law of God is not to be kept, it is abolished. Evangelicals also teach that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. Evangelicals also teach that death, the dead, survives alive after death because they have an immortal soul. The evangelicals also teach that the second coming of Christ is a secret rapture. They also teach that hell is eternal burnings. And ten, evangelicals teach that the physical Jews of today are the children of the promise or the children of God. Now, these ten points are the general basic foundational doctrines of the evangelical churches. However, there are much more false doctrines than this. This is just ten basic points that we are laying out here. They also have false teachings about miracles, false teachings about speaking in tongues, etc., etc. False teachings about so many things. But we want to look at some of the basic teachings that are fundamental that they teach wrong. We've already discussed uh, the, the idea of sinful flesh is sin, so that Jesus had sinless flesh. We have shown that that is wrong. Uh, we, we showed that Jesus' flesh was sinful flesh and that was not sin. We showed that the death of, they, they, or they teach that the death of Christ was in the actual place of our death. We showed that Christ's death was to give life to change us and there's no death in place of our death. 
We've now reached that to the idea that evangelicals hold that faith is believing or trusting. Now, we're dealing with the fact that the evangelicals teach that faith is believing or trusting. The first thing we would like to take into consideration is that not just only the evangelicals, but many religions hold the word faith to mean believing or trusting. And they present it that way. But there is a danger in saying that. You see, believing is a human mental work and trusting is a human mental work. If I say I believe, it means I accept something as truth. And if I say I trust, it means I have confidence and value in something that is presented to me. Both are mental human actions. Now if the Bible says the just shall live by faith, then you're saying the just shall live by believing or the just shall live by trusting. And if the Bible tells us that we are justified by faith, then we are justified by believing and justified by, t by trusting. I know some will say, well, no, 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 that is not what it exactly means. But that is what it will have to mean if the just shall live by faith. Now, we, uh, we admit and we agree that you must believe Christ, you must trust. This is a Bible teaching. You must believe and you must trust. But the reason why it is wrong to call faith believing is for simply, look at James chapter 2 and verse 19, and this is what we are told, I, I quote, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. End of quote. Did you see that? Now, if believing is faith, then you're saying the devils also have faith and tremble. But the Bible tells us what is not out of faith is sin. Did you see that? So if the devils believe and faith is believing, then you say the devils have faith. But the devils do not have faith, my dear people. When you understand what faith is, the devils do not have faith. And also with trusting, you can't say that faith is trusting because, because trusting doesn't save somebody except they trust in something. Now let's just look a little further here. If we look at Galatians chapter 2, we would see in verse 16, the Bible presents us here with believing and it shows that believing is something different to faith. It presents faith as the faith of Jesus Christ, but it tells us we must believe. So while we must believe, Believing is something separate to the faith of Jesus Christ. In fact, it is the faith of Jesus Christ that we must believe in. So what saves us is not our believing, it is the faith of Jesus Christ, whatever that faith is. Now if we look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16, this is what we are told, I quote, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Now just stop here. If faith was believing, then we are justified by the believing of Jesus Christ. If faith was trusting, then we are justified by the trusting of Jesus Christ. But apparently it didn't save Judas. Because Christ believed right in front of them. He trusted right in front of them. And, they st and, 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 and Judas still wasn't saved. And many others also. Like Caiaphas who rejected him. So we see here that faith that saves us is the faith of Jesus Christ. 
I read again, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. We are justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. It goes on, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Did you see that? So we are told we must believe in Jesus Christ, but it is the faith of Jesus Christ that justifies us. Hereby telling us that there are, are two different things. We believe in and the faith of Jesus Christ is completely different. Did you see that, my dear people? And this is why the old teaching that faith is believing or trusting is not right. Now, if you look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 22, again, here is what we are told. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, into all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So here is the same faith of Jesus Christ, Right? Giving us righteousness. And here we must believe. You see that? So here is faith separate from believing. So the faith that we are justified by or the faith that we are saved by is not believing but the faith of Jesus Christ. And if we speak about the righteousness of God through faith or by faith, then we are saying, and if faith is believing, then we will be saying the righteousness of God through believing or the righteousness of God through trusting. And through the believing of Christ or through the trusting of Christ but the believing of Christ or the trusting of Christ doesn't give us the righteousness of God no my dear people and so we see that faith is not believing yes you must believe yet you must yes you must trust but faith is not believing now when we ask ourselves what then therefore is faith in Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 1 we get the clearest definition of faith it tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. End of quote. Did you see that? Now the word substance there is the Greek word hypostasis. And it hypo means under and stasis means standing. So faith is the understanding of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now the word hypostasis was used in those days to mean a title deed a title deed like a like a will or like a, a, a title deed to a property and so we are told faith is the title deed of things not seen you don't see heaven you don't see righteousness you don't see grace but what is the explained evidence like a title deed that they exist simple the spiritual truths of the bible the revealed words of god this is why it says the evidence of things not seen evidence of things not seen is not our trusting not our believing we could trust we can believe in anything but it is not evidence what we must trust or believe in is the evidence of things not seen and the evidence of things not seen is the revealed truths of the word of god yes my dear people it is nothing but the revealed truths of the word of god that gives us evidence of things not seen you don't see heaven you don't see righteousness you don't see faith your evidence of these things are the revealed truths of god this is why faith therefore is the revealed truth of the word of god it is the revealed word of god faith is spiritual truth now how do we know if you look at romans chapter 10 and verse 8 this is what we're told i quote it says this but what said it the word is near thee even in thy mouth and in thine heart that is the word of faith which we preach end of quote did you see that 
So the word here is identified as the word of faith. The word that is faith. So faith is the revealed words of God. That, that is what we preach. Now if you look also again at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6, again here is what we are told, I quote, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. So here again we are told that faith is nothing else but the words of faith and of good doctrine. What does this mean? That faith is the revealed words of God, spiritual truths, the truths of the Holy Spirit. And so we are told justified by faith. What does that mean? Justified by believing? Does your own believing justify you? Does your own trust in justify you? Absolutely not. The Bible tells us, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many for you shall bear their iniquities. Notice we are told by his knowledge, Jesus justifies us. And this is Isaiah 53 and verse 11. So that knowledge is spiritual knowledge that justifies us. It is the same as saying justified by faith. Yes, my dear people. So we see then, therefore, that faith is not believing, although we must believe. Faith is not trusting, although we must trust. Faith is spiritual truth spiritual knowledge, the revealed truths of the word of God. It's not science also. Now the next point that we are looking at is that evangelicals teach that justification is outside of man without a moral change. Listen to me. They tell us that justification is outside of man without a moral change. In other words, evangelicals tells us that when you are justified, that justification doesn't happen within you. It happens outside of you. And that justification that happens outside of you, they are telling us, is a, not a moral change. You still, your sin still remains. It is just God declaring you righteous or forgiven for all your passions and that's all. Or just attributing the death of Christ as your death so that you escape condemnation. That's how far they, they put it. So they tell us that when Christ uh, justifies us, it is not in us and it is not a moral change. It is not subjective and it is not a moral change. That's what they tell us. But we want to see that this is a big lie. This is a big false doctrine. Justification, as far as the Bible is concerned, is inside of man. It is the gift of the spiritual mind and the mind don't dwell in the palms of your hand. The spiritual mind don't dwell outside on your foot or on, your on top of your head. It dwells in your brain. When you get the spiritual mind, it dwells in your heart, in your brain, the center of your thinking. Now, if we look at two scriptures put together, Romans chapter 8 and verse 6, and Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, it will tell us that justification is inside of man. It is a gift of the spiritual mind. Now, we quote Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. It tells us, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. End of quote. Did you get that? When a person has a carnal mind, that is in the mind, that is spiritual death. We are told to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That is spiritual life and peace. Right? So you have life and you have peace when you are spiritually minded. Now spiritually minded has to be in your mind. But how do we get the spiritual mind? Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 tells us, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see that? 
Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the Bible tells us in Ephesians, let the peace of God reign in your heart or rule in your heart. Did you see that? So we are seeing here that justification gives us this peace in our minds. What does that mean? Since to have peace is to have the spiritual mind, it means justification gives us the spiritual mind. Yes, my dear people. Again, what does this tell us? It tells us that when we are justified, that there is a change that takes place in our mind. From having the carnal mind, we end up with the spiritual mind. Yes, my dear people. This is what justification is all about. Furthermore, the Bible tells us that justification is indeed a moral change, despite what evangelicals tell us. Justification morally changes from sin to holiness, from sin to righteousness. That's exactly what it does. That's what the Bible teaches. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we read from verse 9 to verse 11, this is what we are told. I quote, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves and mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall enter into the kingdom of God. Did you see that? Or shall inherit the kingdom of God? Did you see that? So what we are told here, certain moral conditions are described. And we are told those who have those moral conditions shall not enter into the kingdom of God. Now it continues. It says, And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the spirit of our God. End of quote. Did you see that? So what's the difference to those who have those moral conditions? We are told you were like that in the past. But a change took place. What was the change in? It was identified in three ways. It was identified as a washing, as a sanctification, and as a justification. Yes, my dear people, washing means cleansing of, more, of, of, of immorality from the heart. Sanctify means separation from sin in the heart. And justify means made righteous. So here, justification literally separates us from sin or from evil. Yes, my dear people. So when they come and tell us that justification is not a moral change, we answer. The Bible tells us that justification is indeed a moral change. Yes, my dear people. Now, evangelicals also teach that the law of God is not to be kept, it is abolished. They teach us that the law of God is not to be kept, it is, it is abolished. This is another false teachings of the evangelical churches. Now, what does the Bible tell us? The Bible tells us that the whole world, every man, is to keep the law of God. For that is our duty, that is what we are made up of. And then we are told that God will judge every single man. So this is why we are to keep the law of God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and verse 14, this is what we are told. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. End of quote. Did you see that? So we are told the duty of man or the whole of man is to keep the commandments of God yes my dear people this is a fact 
so that we must keep the Ten Commandments, all of us. So to tell us that the law of God is abolished and we are not to, <coughs> it is not to be kept because it is abolished is absolute nonsense. Now, the Bible also tells us very, very clearly that only those who keep the law of God will be saved in heaven forever. Yes, my dear people, only those who keep the law of God will be saved in heaven forever. And we look at Revelation chapter 22 and verse 14 to show us this. Revelation 22:14 is one of the oldest scriptures in the earliest Greek text. So this is what we are looking at now. And I quote verse 14. It says this, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and they enter in through the gates into the city. End of quote. Did you see that? We are simply being told here that those that do God's commandment have right to the tree of life and have right to the holy city in New Jerusalem to enter into the gates into the city. What does this mean? It means that the law of God must be kept because only those that keep it will be saved forever. Yes, my dear people. And the Bible furthermore tells us that the law of God is forever, thus it is not, it is not abolished. The law of God is forever, thus it is not abolished. If you look at Psalms 111, and we look at Psalms, uh, we look at verse 7 and verse 8, here is what we are told. Psalms 111, 7 and 8, I quote. It tells us this. The words of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. They, the commandments that is, stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. Let me read that again. The works of his hands are verity and judgment. All his commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. End of quote. Did you see that? So this clearly shows us that the law of God is forever and cannot be abolished. Yes, my dear people. So you see, these things clearly shows us where the evangelicals have gone wrong. They have a wrong idea with regards to these things. The evangelicals even teach us that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. But what does the Bible tell us? The Bible doesn't tell us that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 to verse 10, this is what it tells us, I quote, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, six days shall thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh thy God. Did you see that? The seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh thy God. And we are told, in it thou shalt not do any work. So the Bible doesn't tell us Sunday, which is the first day, is the Christian Sabbath. The Bible tells us the seventh day, which we call Saturday, is the Sabbath. Yes, my dear people. And Jesus thought that the Sabbath was made for man or for all men. Man means all men. All of us are men. If we look at Mark chapter 2, 27 and 28, this is what we are told. I quote, Then he said unto them, Jesus speaking, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Yahweh also of the Sabbath. So we see here clearly that Christ is saying the Sabbath was made for man. All men were made to benefit from the Seventh-day Sabbath. Yes, my dear people, this is the fact about it. Furthermore, the people of God who are Christians must keep the Seventh-day Sabbath. This is what the Bible says. 
So the seventh day Sabbath is what the people of God must keep. If we look at Hebrews, and we go to chapter 4, and we look at verse 4, verse 9, and verse 10, this is what we are told. I quote, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. End of quote. Did you see that? So at the very beginning, when God created the earth, on the seventh day we are told, he rested from all his works. The seventh day. Wherefore he hallowed the seventh day. He blessed it and hallowed it. Then if we go now again to verse 9 and verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 4, this is what we are told. I quote, There remained therefore a rest for the people of God. Now the word rest there is not a proper translation. The word here is sabbatismus. That's a Greek word and it means Sabbath keeping. So it says, There remained therefore a Sabbath keeping for the people of God. For he that entered into his rest, he also had ceased from his own works as God did from his. End of quote. Did you see that? So what we are told here finally is that for the people of God, Christians, there remains a Sabbath keeping. And that is the seventh day. So one must keep the seventh day. Now call us at 625-0446, 625-0446, and we will give you further information. And remember well what we are, we are telling you here, that the evangelical false teachings are wrong. We need to stand by the Bible, and the Bible only will continue this in the next time. So may God bless you until we meet again. In Jesus' holy name, Amen. The judgment has said.